Hello and welcome under the Kotatsu. I'm your host Austin, joined as always by Danielle. Hey nerds. And Danny. Howdy. Or no, uh <laughs> Uh-huh. What, do I say, what do I say for this podcast normally? Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. I don't know why I'm just like, because normally on the other podcasts I say howdy, but t- today my, my brain is all screwy. Same. Uh, well, we are here to talk about a new show. Uh, we finished Space Dandy last time, had a gay old time. Uh, now it is time for, uh, which Space Dandy was my pick. Now it's time for Danielle's pick, uh, Bakemonogatari. Which we will get to shortly, uh, but first, uh, shall we go around the table, see what everybody's drinking? Uh, let's start with you, Danielle. I have an amber Red Bull. I ran out of good coffee and still wanted caffeine, so energy drink. What's the distinction on an amber Red Bull? I don't know. It Red is Bull. strawberry apricot flavor. It's pretty good. I like the flavored Red Bulls, like the the fruity ones. Mm. Well, you know what they say: amber is the color of your energy. So. That's true. <laughs> Someone said that. I don't know who. Um, Danny, what are you drinking? Uh, I have some canned coffees. Uh, I've been kind of low energy today, uh, so I wanted to get some energy back into me for this for this episode. So I'm starting off with a uh, Boss Coffee, the, their Flash Brewed Cafe Ole. So Ole. Mm-hmm. I'm actually uh, wrestling oh. a, a bull. Right now. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the, the coffee comes with a, a red cape. And you're <laughs> yeah. twirling that around. I would buy that. Uh, I came prepared. Uh, I'm going to crack this open and see if it picks up on the mic. Definitely picked up on my audacity. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I heard the beginning of it on, on Discord. <laughs> we were talking about the hard Mountain Dews recently, so I had to go to the grocery store before recording this to get some like mouthwash. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to buy it big old can of this hard mountain dew baja blast and try it live on air so mm. here goes oh my god that sure tastes like sugarless mountain dew <laughs> <laughs> what mountain dew is one of the drinks i think maybe because the original is just like sugar water uh but the second that you say like oh it's sugar free mountain dew i i do kind of lose something um and, and it just doesn't taste as good and then there's the made with real sugar mountain dew Oof. do they still make that I don't. I haven't seen it in a long time. Cause that stuff was good. So it is always better when you make it with real sugar. Also, just poured it into a glass is much more delightful to look at in a glass than in the stupid can that's trying real hard to look edgy because it's hard. Mm. Uh, mm. But yeah, it sort of tastes like Mountain Dew with some alcohol in it, which is not a bad thing. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, we've watched uh the first five episodes of Bakemonogatari. Show is fifteen episodes, so we're doing five, five, and five um trying to uh think about how how to (laughs) dive us in on this show i think (laughs) we should try to hold our thoughts back for a second we'll do a vibe check but first i wanted to know what everybody's histories were with uh this show slash series the monogatari series if any and also any uh history with any of the other works of nisio isen who is the author uh, of the novel series that this anime is based off of uh start with you danielle since you picked the show yeah this was a show i watched um probably like nine years ago when i was you know starting to get into anime besides the uh, stuff that was just on uh cartoon network and i thought that this one would be interesting for me to revisit and i figured i could drag y'all along with me so we could uh watch something nisio written um, I've also read some of his other stuff, um, Katanagatari, which was another thing I was considering for the podcast, but I figured that would 
that'd be another long show. <laughs> um, and I've also read uh, the battle manga in Shonen Jump that he wrote, uh, Medica Box, which has a decent amount in common with this, with all the... Or just not Pokemon Agashi, but just it's a battle manga with a lot of wordplay shenanigans because it's Nisio Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into all that in a second. Um, and how much of uh, this series have you watched? Like, do you know up to what uh, Monogatari series you, you've gone up to? Uh, Zoku was the last one I watched. I think there's one more that came out after that that I never okay. got around to watching. Pretty sure there's a Zoku 2. <laughs> yeah. So there's at least that one. No, it's like Zoku, Zoku 2, and then something. Mm, yeah, hard to keep track. Um, Danny, what about you? Uh, I have heard of the Monogatari series, mostly just in, in the context of the, the, the read or watch order, uh, which we discussed last time about it being weird nerds being weird about nerd shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you fucking have a non-chronological thing and people lose their fucking mind. Yeah, read it in release order, you dweebs. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, that's all. That's all I know of. I've never. I, I had to look at Nis- while uh, Daniel was talking. I looked at uh, Nisio Isin's 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 Isin. Nis- okay, yeah. Like Sorry. like like, like, piss- <laughs> like pissin. Yes, Nisio pissin. Um, <laughs> completely derailed my brain. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I so I looked at uh his works and I. Uh, recognize some things like the Pretty Boy Detective Club, but I've never read them. Gotcha. Um, like you, I've always like known about the Monogatari series, but uh, never got around to watching it. Uh, didn't know much about it other than just like long-running series based on a long-running light novel series by Misio Eason, who uh, wrote several of the other works that we've mentioned. I think the only... A uh, thing of his that I have any experience with is Pretty Boy Detective Club, which I read the first three light novels of. Those are the only three, uh, I believe, that have been translated into English uh, officially so far. Uh, and I watched the first couple episodes of that anime, I think, while I was reading those light novels and just came to the conclusion I was enjoying reading through the novels more than watching the show. Um, so I kind of stopped. I might go back to that at some point, but um, put a pin in that, I guess, because I really felt like the novels for those uh, were more interesting to me than the anime was. Um, That's really my only experience with uh, Nisio Isen. Um, And I do quite like those Pretty Boy Detective Club uh, novels. I think they're good. Um, But yeah, this was my first experience with the show. Um, Well, I guess that brings us to the vibe check. So again, Danielle, you picked the show. You get to go first. Uh, How was it uh, well, I guess, tell us how you, because I'm very curious to know, how did you feel about this when you first watched it? And then how did you feel about it going back to the show for now? I uh, I, I definitely remember that I really liked it when I first watched it. And I think I still do like it. But like my ability to like, uh, just like interpret media and more artic, I definitely like it in a different way now than I did before. Hmm. I changed a lot in the past nine years. Very fair. Uh, all right, Danny, as <laughs> a first-time viewer, how did these episodes treat you? They kind of just washed over me, honestly. I I found myself not super annoyed or angry, just kind of bored. Um, like I definitely have some issues 
in specific, uh, revolving some of the choices made with the animation and everything. But for the most part, it's just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, nothing is like... It's one that Maybe it's just I'm desensitized to, like, anime things, but, like, oh, they're they're talking about, you know, groping a elementary school child. It's like, yeah, that's, that's you know, fucking weird, but, like, I, like, I'm used to it with anime doing this shit, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Can we please move on? The, the problem is it, th- it does not then move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel precisely the same way. I think I said at the end of our last episode, like, oh, I have it in my heart to either uh, love the show or hate the show, uh, and that the worst possible outcome would be to be right in the middle, and that's where I ended up. I thought these were uh, some of the most boring episodes of anime we've watched for the show. <laughs> One in particular, uh, I think, might just be, like, the worst episode we've watched for that reason, that I was bored out of my skull. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, like... I kept on thinking, like, I kind of wish the show were more problematic because, like, <laughs> that would at least be more interesting. Um, yeah, I honestly remembered it as more problematic than it is, but I guess that's <laughs> probably uh, me changing as a person. And uh, I feel like half of the discussion around this show is how problematic it is. And it gets, I feel, a little bit overblown. Yeah, not even, like, super problematic what we watched. Like, again, we'll talk about it, but uh, certainly not the. I think I had a, I was more appalled, appalled is probably too strong of a word, but like put off by some of the thematic content of a show like Penguin Drum more than a show like this. This was pretty benign uh, by comparison. Uh, but anyway, we should get into it. I actually, um, mostly because I was just like not vibing with the show. I didn't really take a ton of notes. Uh, Danielle, do you have anything to say about the production or anything? Obviously it's Shaft, which we talked about with Monica, but I don't know if you knew anything about um, like director or anything like that. I did, like I said, did not take notes on that. My apologies. Yeah, um, a lot of it is. Speaking of Monica, a lot of that. Uh, there's a decent amount of staff overlap there. Is it Shinbo? Is is he like yeah director on this? He's yeah, that makes involved. Sense. This was uh, a few years before Monica. This is, I believe, Shaft uh, was turning around at this point. They're, like in the early 2000s, they were. Uh, not doing so well as a business, and we're making a lot of like, uh, believe like Ova's mostly to recoup costs that way. And then, uh, I believe Hitamari Sketch was doing decently enough because, like, just the um, the difference in production uh, values between Hitamari Sketch season one and two is like super noticeable to me, at least. But, uh, yeah, uh, Shinbo is a director, series composition, and animation check. Gotcha. Okay, I'm not sure if the producers um, also have credits on Madoka. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, because, yeah, I don't think... Yes, at least one of them does. Atsuhiro Iwakami, and it does look like the other producer uh, is also worked on Madoka, so it's practically the same team. Hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> Except uh, wildly different writers from uh, Urobuchi to Nisiyos, and at least I think. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess another key staff is uh, Akio Watanabe. Did character designs. Mm. He's got a bit of a distinct style. Um, his uh, biggest thing recently was the uh, new Higurashi show. He also did um, the World God Only Knows. This, um, but some of y'all might recognize him from. Paptan, the visual novel that had 
that was attached to the caramel dancing. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, it's that guy. He's not related to uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, right? I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Um, well, that brings us to the first episode. Uh, the way these five episodes uh, work out, by the way, is the first uh, two episodes are like a story arc, and then the, the next three after are a story arc. So we're, we're covering two kind of stories. Uh, but episode and one... all five of these adapt a, a single light novel volume. Um, episode one is called Hitagi Crab Part One. Um, by the way, I just pulled episode descriptions off of Wikipedia and did not proofread, so here we go. <laughs> uh, Kiyomi Araragi, uh, hate his name, um, catches uh, Hitagi uh, Senjogahara as she falls down from a great height, and he immediately notices that Hitagi weighs little to nothing. However, he does nothing, or he does not mention this to her. Later, he asks Tsubasa Hanakawa, the class chairman, about her. Um, he finds that she was sick and contemplates uh, if that is actually the case. Uh, as he's leaving, Hitaki confronts him. As she threatens him, uh, she explains that a crab took her weight from her. Uh, when he agrees to help quiet, to, to, sorry, when he agrees to keep quiet about her secret, she staples the inside of his mouth and proceeds to leave. Kiyomi follows her uh, and tells her that he may be able to help uh, to stop Hitaki attacking him. He shows her that the wound in his mouth uh, inflicted a few minutes previous had already healed. Uh, they then go to Meimei Oshino, uh, who, after hearing her situation, explains that it was the weight crab, uh, a god that took her weight. Uh, and I guess that's the end of the episode. Um this is a weird opening. I know this like is technically the second like novel in the series that they skipped the first novel and then later adapted it as movies. And they kind of no, do no, like this a... is the first novel. Oh okay. Um the second novel or I think God. <sighs> this fucking series. Um no, Kizumonogatari is the next novel after the first three Bakemonogatari novels. Oh, okay. And it's a prequel. And that one was delayed in production because they, I guess there was production issues and it ended up uh, being made into a movie and I feel like that was the best for people going to watch the series nowadays, even if it's not, even if it caused some uh, nonsense with uh, people who only watch the anime. But yes, it's uh, Kizumon Gatari was the third Ellen after the Bakuman and Gatari volumes one and two. Which was out already by the time the animated production started, because we see like some sequences from it, which does not happen in the light novel. <laughs> That's the thing. There's a whole like you know like implied backstory to uh, Kiyomi that doesn't really get. It, it, we get like some flashes to it. I don't know. My impression of this first episode is just like it's an extremely poor way to introduce a series. Um, mm. I don't care about these characters. I. Uh, I don't think I got this vibe in the first episode. It was later on, but Araragi uh, fucking sucks. Just like one of the worst main characters we've had in any <laughs> of the shows we've watched. He is unwatchable. <laughs> um, but I don't know. What did y'all think? Yeah, no, the whole thing just like is confusing, which if they're going for that for the entire show, it'd be like, oh, there's like a mystery afoot. But like everyone pretty much seems to kind of be on the ball for the most part like you know there's a few twists and turns but it's never like this grand conspiracy i guess and so ar 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 ragi <laughs> like sucks i agree uh 
Hitagi doesn't talk like a normal human being. Like, again, it almost feels like I, I think I, my one of my first notes is like, I feel like I skipped an episode because it's like she's like, oh, I'll, I'll cut your fucking mouth and I'll staple it shut and, you know, whatever. I'll peg you, whatever her threats are. <laughs> and then he's just like, don't worry, I'll help you out. Like, I know, like, I know a guy. Don't worry. And it's like, wait, like. Not not necessarily why would you help her, but, like, why is this just, like, presented like a normal... Like, in this world, is this normal? Is the infinite staircase that she fell from normal? No, that's uh, just Shinbu... Shinbo. <laughs> right, but, like, it doesn't work here because it's not, like, setting up this world, like... You could argue with, like, Madoka like, all the mysterious, mystical stuff works, because that's, like, kind of, like, the point of the show is, like, oh, there's, like, mystis- mystical shit, and, like, oh, even the architecture is kind of weird when you when you look at it, or, or whatever, I don't know. Um, here, it doesn't quite mesh as well, and it feels pretentious, almost. Mm-hmm. That, like, between the architecture and then also, like, all the cutaways to, like, text just 100% didn't work for me, because it didn't feel motivated. Yeah, I, I could not get a sense for why, other than just it's shaft and that's kind of turned into a signature style but like it didn't add anything i i truly felt like the production of this show but needs a better story (laughs) because like it just doesn't fit for the one uh that we're being told i also have a question for the class in like a sentence how would you possibly describe the premise of the show like what is the show about (laughs) is something i struggled with this entire time i have an answer but i'm curious what y'all think I mean, I know the answer. Like, <laughs> okay, the Danny, Danny, you go first. I'll, I'll say my piece, and then Danielle, you can correct us. <laughs> Danny, what would you say the, the broad premise of the show is from these, these episodes? A former vampire boy creates a harem of vulnerable young women. You're very <laughs> close to what I was gonna say, which is this is the world's most uh, pretentious harem anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, and it sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and then danielle you tell me that i'm correct because i assume i'm correct <laughs> yeah more or less it's go around help girls with their problems that are uh metaphorized as uh supernatural stuff yeah what the fuck dude how did they how did they turn this into like 20 fucking novels how, how did people not get just extremely tired of this after a certain point it flows a lot differently in the novels that's that that was my impression is that the novels probably are more my speed than this because that was my experience with pretty boy detective club as well yeah i'm not sure if you could tell but like it's very obvious that a lot of the dialogue scenes are just like yeah we're just adapting this straight oh fuck it a hundred percent because like we we mentioned it briefly earlier but a big thing with nisio eason's writing style is it's a lot of like wordplay it's a lot of like characters like trying to like one-up each other um uh in in kind of like rapport with their dialogue it's a lot of talking banter is the word i would use yeah but it's like it's not just like playful banter like they're trying to like be like intellectual and say like idioms and philosophical things and stuff which reads better in a book than it does when i have to listen to a voice actor try to read this garbage <laughs> because like <laughs> it's just it, when it when i have to especially because like I, I can read faster than a scene happens in the show so when i have to sit with it and i have to hear someone say all these lines it just comes across as cringe whereas if i read it i'd be like oh yeah whatever this is this is the book this is the writing style like it's it, night and day it's like a ghost in the shell innocence how they kept like quoting twitter communism to each other or whatever 
Yeah. Like that that written out works a lot better. Uh also, did you say that someone on the production staff was uh worked on the world only God knows? Uh character designer. Okay, I was going to say cuz th- this is basically the same plot as that uh as that show at least or I guess, you know, whatever the source for that light novel, I guess. That's a manga. Oh, manga, okay. Like, that's also a show where a guy goes around and has to romance these women to solve their problems and also save the world or some some, some magical yeah, girl. Yeah, it's not shit. exactly an uncommon harem. Oh, sure. Construction. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention this for the Akio Watanabe, for you, Danny. Uh, mm. He also did the character designs for the Grisaya novels. Oh, okay. I can see that. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, this... Uh, yeah, Put, putting it as a harem show actually really does upset me. It makes it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, I like jokingly put in my notes, like maybe like five minutes into the episode, um, once he goes from like talking to the class president to the crab girl, uh, it was like, is this just a really pretentious ha- harem anime? And then like every single episode, something happens where it basically just confirms for me, like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I was like, well, maybe maybe it morphs into something different in the next season or something like that, but to know that that's just what's going on is extremely disappointing to me. Like, that's that's why this, this series is popular. I of did course. another uh, pick a genre you haven't covered yet pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it all makes sense. I guess in, in hindsight, even the fact that the... Uh... The episode titles are like Hitagi Crab Part One, Hitagi Crab Part Two. Oh, switching to the next girl, Mayoi uh, Snail, Mayoi Snail Part Two, whatever. So yeah. the show itself literally delineates itself as like okay, and like what's confusing is like you they started out with the character who seems to be like the overarching one, uh, our or not uh, Hitagi, like her being like oh I love you now. It's like okay wait so how is this harem show gonna go? Is it gonna be like a polycule? I don't think so. Is the is he gonna grope the elementary school child again? Probably. But like <laughs> you're right on that one. <laughs> oh oh no. But um it's it just I don't know. It it feels like they're shooting their shot really early. I mean it's not. Ex- it's one of those harem ones where uh, the real relationship is established early and then the other girls are still there and around it into the main character. I don't understand why people like this crap. <laughs> like, like what you're saying makes so much sense. Like, yeah, that's the genre. And I'm just like, but why? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> uh, you get more girls and you get to sell more merch of each girl and blah, 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 blah. Yay, blah, blah, blah. capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> There was a moment that uh, I did laugh out loud at um, the scene where they're in the stairwell and the the guy's like, oh, I'm going to show you my my mouth uh, wound being healed. It made me think of a, a an epi- or like a shot from like Love, Chunibyo and Other Delusions where she has like the Wolverine claws, but it's like protractors and all this other and like compasses mm-hmm. and shit. Um, I was like, oh my god, this feels like something that would be parodied in another show, but this is, like, presenting it wholly earnestly. Yeah, it's, like, a little bit too... Like, there's some tongue-in-cheek nature to it, but yeah, I kind of wish it was more like this character is cringe for doing this and not, like, treated as an actual threat because she's got, like, office supplies. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But also, I want the show where this is genuinely just, like, a battle anime and we get to see her actually, like, fight people with staplers and rulers and protractors a couple of times. The crime that is the later parts of Medica Box, which are the way more interesting powers based on wordplay nonsense shit, never got uh, 
adapted because Gynax started the adaptation of that, and oh, rip. we all know what happened to Gynax. <laughs> also, um, casually dropping that he's a vampire, but like not really. In a later episode, it says that he's he was cured of vampirism, but like he can still heal. Yeah, he has like lingering effects. Then, like his eyes, he's got like special eyes. <laughs> yeah, my brand. When he, when he punches <laughs> a child, that's when his eyes turn. Oh yeah, he's, he's got the special <laughs> pedophilic eyes. <laughs> no, he needs to wait until like he sees. God, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he is he gonna grope the husk of a vampire? The 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 sexy beast or whatever like the little girl that he, i can't remember what he calls her but he calls her like these yeah, off, he calls like, her like a husk like a husk of a yeah, vampire yeah and it's like clearly the here? clearly the sexy vampire from the flashback got turned into a little girl and has no like soul anymore is what's going yeah. on there i assume and eventually thanks he'll to, grow her too that's that's for the sequel novels thanks to mr meme yeah mr meme <laughs> thank you mr meme <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Meme. I would watch a show that's about him. If he's just, like, kicking it back and, like, some high school dweeb comes in and he's like, all right, what the fuck's the issue? I mean, I don't know how we all feel, but he's easily the best character. <laughs> like, by far. <laughs> See, like, I'm, like, a little bit disappointed we're not going to get to the second season because we, like, get another one of him that everybody loves and I think both of y'all would be into because he's mm. the worst in a good way. Well, we won't get to the second season, but I, uh, I believe like you did, y'all have purchased the first box set of light novels, so I'll get to it when I read those. But I don't know if I will watch more of the show than uh, legally required of me. Um, <laughs> we, speaking of which, we forgot to mention the elephant in the room, which is the the time to panty shot uh, official metric um, is so fucking fast in the show. It's literally within like the first five seconds, which I was just like, wow, we're really starting strong. This is what the show is about, huh? Aside from that first one, though, I will say, every single panty shot lines up in the novel with the main character thinking something horny. So it's purposeful, yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah, it's purposeful. He sucks. <laughs> it's all on purpose. In the show, he's, like, such a little, like, dweeb about it. Yes. That, yeah, no, that's, that's his character. He's the fucking loser dweeb. Yeah, and you can get into a whole thing about them using, like, virginity as an insult and, like all the gross whatever they had with that but yeah um mm -hmm. <laughs> uh to, to say a compliment um i do think the music <laughs> is good uh throughout these episodes oh I... no oh you don't you don't like it <laughs> the two-tone like chord progressions i didn't like that where she's like boop, 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 oh okay like uh, yeah there's some stuff later on that's a little like clown music which begrudgingly i kind of <laughs> Like, but not not the example of what I was talking about. There's some good, just like atmospheric uh, oh, okay, soundtrack yeah. stuff going on throughout these episodes that I'm a fan of. Uh, noted Kenji Kawai Stan. I'm I'm here for that style of scoring anime. But yeah, you get a little bit more of like the slapsticky, like woo wacky stuff is happening kind of music. Um, but um, but that 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 was like my first complimentary note in my notes doc was you know hey at least the music's good. Um, how do we feel about uh, Hitagi, uh, Senjo Gahara, the, the girl that's like the focus of, of these first two episodes, other than you know her fascination with office supplies, which we've already mentioned? I mean, I like her. Um, that, then again, this is me having foreknowledge of most of the rest of the series. <laughs> I think like a lot of things, I wish she was in a different show. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's... and being written by someone else because I'm like, oh, I like <laughs> this character's whole deal, but I don't like all of the situations that she's being put into. Yeah, I basically said or put something 
similar later on uh where i was like girl don't don't fucking date this dweeb like like she's fine i don't love her archetype but like it's fine um but yeah her being like the the main girl for this absolute fucking tool is not like i don't know it just doesn't work for me mm. yeah, exactly. uh it was a little better with with the other girl but uh mm. i guess partially because they don't try to layer on romance with that but yeah that's true um i don't know i don't know if i've I have some more broad thoughts to say, but I don't know if I have more to say about this first episode. Kind of <laughs> not a lot happens, which is most of these episodes. Um, I guess until the very end. Like, nothing happens until the the side story has to wrap up. <laughs> We've got to put a bow on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, does anybody find the, oh, she lost her weight to a crab god interesting? I, I don't know. It didn't really do much for me. <laughs> I it, they didn't do enough to explain why that's an issue. Like, yeah, I guess weighing five kilograms sucks, but like, I mean, yeah, you can get like to the metaphor of like, oh, the the burden of you know she's metaphorically removing these emotions from her body, and da da da. I get that. The metaphor doesn't really come into uh, next episode, though. Really, that's true. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a whole reason why she wants her weight back. It's not because oh, I wish I didn't weigh five kilograms <laughs> it's something else but yeah but uh, it's just like when you when i first hear about it i'm like wait like that's fine like you're yeah just like you can mail yourself no one will know yeah she doesn't do like a thing where in this first episode where it's like well i lost more than just my weight um so when when she's like yeah i want to get my weight back it's like okay but the, it kind of seems kind of cool that you don't have to worry about that stuff but okay. i mean i think it was also implied that she's like incredibly frail because of it it is implied, but but not visually. She says it out loud in the next episode, but nothing visually in the next episode communicates the the burden of of not having much weight whatsoever. I want to see your high five, and her hand turns to like yes, dust. Ex exactly. She, glass bones and paper skin. She needs to be like uh like uh Deku in My Hero Academia in like the first several seasons where he he punches one guy and suddenly he's out of commission because he can't handle it. <laughs> Uh, that would be great, but the show doesn't have it in it because um, she's got to be treated like a uh, object of desire. Yay! <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, I think three out of the five voice actors uh, that I have notes for we have already covered. Uh, so hashtag blessed. Uh, Kiyomi Araragi is voiced by Hiroshi Kamiya. We literally just covered him. Uh, can anybody remember who he was? In Space Dandy, that's that's your hint. He was in Space Dandy. I, I watched the dub. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was uh, Johnny in Space Dandy. Uh. Um, so yeah, you can go back to that episode and find out what else he was in. <laughs> um, that brings us to episode two, which is called Hitagi Crab Part Two. Uh, at her home, Hitagi Senjogahara contemplates her past as she showers while Kiyomi waits for her. Uh, earlier, Hitagi was told to wash and change her clothes by, uh, I'm just going to call him Meme, Meme Oshino, <laughs> uh, who <laughs> arranges for all of them to meet at midnight. Uh, back at Hitagi's home, Kuyomi argues with Hitagi while she gets dressed in front of him. Later that evening, they meet Oshino, who uh, explains that they are not going to attack the crab god, but instead pray to it. They go before an altar. Oshino instructs um, uh, Hitagi to relax. He then asks her uh, a series of questions. The final question results in Hitagi retelling about how her mother joined, joined a cult when Hitagi was sick. That one night her mother brought uh, a higher up from the cult home. Hitagi injured him as he attempted to sexually assault her. Her mother uh, watching without aiding her. 
Uh, as a result, her family was broken apart. Hitaki feels that she is responsible. She opens her eyes to finding a crab facing her. Uh, Koyomi and Oshio are unable to see the, uh, the glowing yellow-eyed red word-bound form of the giant crab. Uh, very specific description. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when Hitagi is attapped, attacked by the crab god, Oshino is forced to intervene. This allows her to beg the crab for her uh, feelings and memories, and they are returned. In a flashback, it is explained how her mother joined the cult and how the attack on Hitagi resulted in a broken family, uh, that she met a crab which took her feelings slash weight. Those have similar Japanese names, so there's wordplay that's completely lost if you're watching in English. Um, and memories of her mother. Uh, Hitagi now has her memories uh, and feelings of her mother back, and even though uh, she has forever lost her mother, she admits to be being glad to have become Koyomi's friend. This episode description's weird. Uh, in the morning, Koyomi finds that his weight uh, has been increased as a result of the crab god's mistake. Ha ha ha, he weighs a lot. Um, and that's the episode. Uh, okay, my first note was, oh god, Koyomi needs to kill Abe Shinzo to fix her. <laughs> My first note is, uh, she gave them all of our money, and then she mixed two chemical cleaners together that my <laughs> mom always told me. Oh my god. I forgot about that. Um, my first note, is, since we're sharing, is LOL, the stationary uh, supplies pattern on her underwear. I did think that oh, was yeah. I did, yeah, Yeah, was that cute. was cute. Um, I took very little notes for this episode, but uh, I think this was probably the best episode. Um, I thought the backstory with um, Hitaki was actually kind of well done for the most part. Um, and uh, actually... How did you like the uh, like actual presentation of the backstory? Because that was a lot of uh, like I thought non traditional animation. Yeah, and I thought it was like way more tasteful than uh, to bring back up Penguin Drum. Like if Penguin Drum had a similar character in it, I would have probably hated the way <laughs> that show would have handled visually depicting that kind of backstory. Whereas like this, I was like, oh, this does a good job of like giving a sense of the gravity of the situation without it feeling like uh, exploitation for the sake of it. Um, so I don't know. I had a, I had a mostly positive reaction to, to the second half of this episode, but the first half of this episode, nothing fucking happened. And Hitagi and uh, Kiyomi talk at each other for hours on end <laughs> um, and we have to watch. <laughs> and so that was not good, but I, I did appreciate the second half of this episode where they confront the crab God and all that. I had a note that, that at one point just said, what the fuck am I watching? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it was when she kept undressing. Uh, and then my next note is, um, it's the, the meme of uh, Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger clapping hands. Uh, but it's Ko uh, Kojima having quiet breathe through her skin. And then this show saying, oh, clothes are heavy. So I got to be in my, my underwear throughout this scene. It's the, the worst fucking justification. I don't know. I hated it so much. What you're saying is you're ashamed of your words and deeds. I am, I am. <laughs> Especially once I learned about from the, the crab god, uh, what the crab god does. Mm -hmm. Crabs. Uh, and, of course, the, the rape attempt, which I don't think we needed, um, just for the record. I think it would have been fine for just, like, if it was like the Shinjo Abe thing, where it's like, oh, my mom gave all the money to the cult. That would have been fine to leave it at that, but... Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it gives her a reason to want to, like, erase her memories, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess. And it makes the idea of, like, realizing, oh, I'd rather live with my uh, trauma and memories than have that, like, gap in my, uh, like, sense of self. So I, I, thought it was, I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, if, like, 
if this is how like every kind of sub arc of the show is going to wrap up like a nice kind of emotional climax, like, okay, like I might not like how it all gets led up to, but like that was like pretty well done. And it reminded me of stuff I like about um, Pretty Boy Detective Club, which is like a much lighter series, but does similar things of like kind of like brings in an emotional sweep at a climactic moment and works pretty well. Um, I do think it's kind of impressive that like for this is like you know, these novels came out well before the Pretty Boy Detective Club's novels, but like Nisio Eason's like writing style seems pretty like set um uh from the jump and the only difference there is just i find the premise of pretty boy detective club and the characters much more compelling um but it was kind of nice to be like oh like i recognize this kind of like uh, rhetorical move that the the show is making uh, at the end here uh from his other stuff that i've read agree with austin i think the emotional stuff here works really well and it's a shame that the second arc in this batch does not nail it nearly as well yeah we'll get to it but yeah this was like this was like an early moment for me of like okay i think i kind of want to just read the novel to see what's up with that because i feel like i might have a better time with the novel um uh, but we'll we'll see i have have yet to get mine it's actually coming in the mail today so might arrive mid podcast but um uh curious to compare and contrast we'll try to read through at least that first uh novel before we wrap up yeah i've I've only read through the Hitaki Crab section because I was not looking forward to reading the Miley Snail section because I just think it's one of the weaker arcs in the show. Yeah. But at the same time, I could see it maybe working better uh, on page than on screen. 100% because I, well, the banter as a whole just, I think, works a lot better in the book. Yeah. I like that uh, Hitagi had, to, like, she, like, you know, apologized or you know was it apologized or thank the crab thanked the god i don't remember it's something like that yeah but yeah she she like basically like you know doing like the i'm at peace with it kind of thing like i liked that payoff like you said the emotional payoff to it yeah i want to i think like a really important part is that it's hitagi herself fixing her own shit and just the other two characters get her in the right place to do that rather than them doing it for her Mm-hmm. I think that's like a big reason why uh, her first little arc works for me. That's definitely true. There's no like like another show would like she would be like because there's a, there's a scene where like she kind of like she'd summon the crab and then Aragi would fight the crab and then that would fix her trauma. Or like you know like she gets like attacked by the crab at first and then like kind of like realizes like oh if I like you know I'm like I'm pious or whatever to it then it'll it'll listen to my wish or whatever. Um, but you could imagine a version where the crab attacks. Uh, Hitaki and uh, even without any sort of like uh, direct action like Koyomi just going like you've got to you've got to let yourself open to it like like telling her what to do instead of letting her naturally realize what she needs to do in the situation Um, Mm. so yeah I think that's actually pretty well well handled it which begs the question (laughs) why is Koyomi here because the only thing he offered is uh or he brought to the table is bringing her to uh Oshino who uh had the kind of solution to uh fix her problem otherwise Kiyomi's just just a third wheel <laughs> um yes yeah i um i feel like this arc should have been three episodes and then the snail arc be two mm. that way you have a little more time with Hitagi and like breathing a little bit and also like kind of a little ma- a little more space for like a hey this is what this world is like uh, and like this is I'm Koyomi Araragi. I'm a normal high school mm. boy, and you know whatever. 
Yeah. And like, just give it a little more space to breathe. Have a flashback episode. Some, I don't know. There's more meat here than there is for yeah. the snail. I'm curious how that would work because like, there's not any of that stuff in the light novel. The light novel kind of just throws you into the deep end, like the show. Mm. So I'm not sure how that would work. But. Well, this is like a similar problem I had to when I tried to watch the Pretty Boy Detective Club anime, which is like, oh, this is just straight up the novel. They made like no changes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is that's like what Danny's saying is one of those things where like that would have been a good opportunity to make a change um, that may be doing the like, you know, uh, just throw you in kind of start to the this show doesn't work as well for anime. And it would have made more sense to draw that opening out a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But who could say? I'm just curious what it will look like, knowing how this this staff likes to uh, just make anime. Yeah. <laughs> Literally have very little notes, but two of them are just uh, that Aragi sucks. <laughs> uh, I think this is the episode that I just clicked in. of like, God, this guy sucks. Get him out mm-hmm. of here. Um, and then also that just like the scene at the beginning, which is basically half the episode, him watching her change, goes on for way too long. Um and, you know, you, you talked about Ghost of the Shell Innocence, Danny, which I thought about a lot uh, watching and thinking about the show this past week um, as like a that's a thing I like where characters just talk at each other and it doesn't really serve the plot at all. But I like it. Um, and it's hard to describe why the difference is. But I think the big one is I like the characters in Ghost of the Shell more. And I have a better sense of the characters when they do go into that. We're just going to talk at each other and uh, quote random things um, kind of thing. Uh, whereas this, it's like, I don't like Araragi from what I've seen. And um, I like Hitagi when she's not like doing the wordplay jesting stuff. And it's just kind of like belittling uh, Aragi because he sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that stuff's good. Anytime she, but I guess the trade off to that is like, anytime she roasts him, I'm like, yeah, get his ass. But knowing it's like literally signposted by the show is like a whole Sundari bit is like, oh, please. <laughs> Why? What is she, what does she like about this guy? Um, other than I guess like he helped her out of the situation she's in, but like, that's when you go, hey, thanks, you're a good friend, and then you move on with yourself. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the idea of the show like setting them up as as a pairing. I think I think she could do better. Oh, she could. I uh, <laughs> most of my mind is uh, on the parts of her flirting with the other girls later in the series. There it is. I was wondering why That's you like the for. show, or you you wanted to pick the show with as uh, unreasonably straight as it is. No, definitely. We literally get a lesbian character in the next batch. Oh, okay. This... Whether it's a good, oh, okay, like, well-written lesbian character. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I think Aragi just needs to be Bato. So every show needs needs Bato to be in it. <laughs> Bato should have been in Space Dandy. Should have been in Big O. Really would have like, figured shit out in Big O if he was there. I like uh, Meme Oshino because. Like, he's not too caught up with everything. He's just like, hey, this is how things are. This is what we're going to need to do. And he's kind of, like, carefree about it. Just like, oh, I guess we're going to have to do this then. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, he works. I I would want Kiyomi to basically be, like, the 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 giant with a heart of gold. Like, where yeah. he's, he's helping out these girls because it's the right thing to do. Not for any special reason. And then maybe over time, uh, Hitagi becomes, like, more and more, like, attached to him because he's, you know, so fucking cool and not an absolute dweeb. See, like, the thing is, I think the show is supposed to 
try to make you feel like he's not he's just doing it because that's how he is not for a special reason right but he's doing it like like just because that's how he is but he's also a fucking loser so like i don't know like yeah that like oh he's always so helpful isn't enough for me i need it to be like oh he he genuinely like doesn't personally care about you (laughs) he just like does it because i don't know like it's a different noir vibe to it i guess versus okay okay I'm interested to loop back around this for the next arc. Okay. He just like he he just gives off like vibes of like doesn't jack off enough, you know? Like he's like mm. <laughs> he's staring up every girl's skirt in the show, uh which we'll see more of in a comedic sense in like the next episode, I think. But it's like, dude, just get on the internet. <laughs> like <laughs> there's tons of porn, porn out there like stop being a fucking creepazoid. Um cuz that's like his personality outside of the because that is how he's characterized of like oh he just has a latent desire to like help anybody in need and that's cool that's whatever but his only other personality trait is being a massive creep um and like being a like wet sack of i don't know what's the what's the i don't know what the idiom i'm trying to pull is but like you know like just like has no personality next to that uh which is why he su- like to be clear that's why he sucks is like he just like treats every girl in the show uh like a piece of meat um except he also i guess genuinely wants to save him or whatever but i don't think that makes up for it and he has literally nothing else going on with his character besides those two things yeah it reminds me i haven't watched it in forever so i might be misremembering but the there's a there's a anime called like monster girl house or something like that is it daily life of monster girl yeah that thank you um and that also has a similar premise for introducing that one is like well like so it is it's horny and like everything because it's a you know harem show kind of and but like the main character in that isn't like a creep to all the people he's like like oh this monster girl needs a place to stay well okay just come stay with us like it's like i don't know he has the same sort of like oh i just got to help everyone kind of thing but he's not like ooh, and then i get to play with the boobies yummy yummy or whatever <laughs> i don't know that's yeah that's more or less the, the thing it's like oh a bunch of monster girls are staying with him because the government said, oh, they're staying with you now, blah, blah, blah. There's a bunch of plot contrivances around it, but it, the general thing is, like, um, gotta help them out with their problems. They'll throw themselves at him, and due to plot reasons, he is legally not allowed to fuck them, or he will be executed. <laughs> I, that's what I want from this show. I want, like, <laughs> Koyomi to be, like, under threat by the CIA to not stare up uh, up those girl skirts. Like... <laughs> Uh, like I don't know if this is real or not, but that meme that goes around of like the uh, picture of a girl from an anime with like ridiculous hair, and someone on Twitter is like, "What the fuck is up with this hair?" And then someone's like, "Oh, well, the premise of that anime is that like the main character has to maintain a boner or else he dies or something like that." And someone's like, "Oh, did he did he did he lose? Did he die?" We we need the etchy anime version. But we of need speed. But we need that. I need like the show to be about Koyomi has to constant like he's got like a timer if he doesn't look at someone's uh, under underwear he like starts to suffocate or whatever. Um, instead, the show has like massive pretensions about like all the wor- wordplay shit and trying to be like you know, it's it's almost like it's embarrassed to be a harem anime and is trying to be something like more sophisticated than that. When it's like I can see through what the show is doing, like just embrace what you're doing a little bit more. Um, I you guess that's that. what I meant earlier when I said I wish the show was more problematic. I do you think it like finds its footing a bit more in the later seasons, <laughs> and it does get a bit more like that. 
So okay, that 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 was the sense I was getting. This has big like um, I thought about this while we were talking earlier. It reminds me of the beginning of Bleach, where it's like the first like arc or two of that show. You think like it's gonna be one thing, and then it kind of explodes out in scope as it goes on. Um, that was kind of the vibe I got from these first two arcs. It's like, oh, this is just how the show starts out, and then it's going to be like a different thing two or three seasons from now. And maybe that's not the case, but definitely getting the sense of like, this is just the start, and they'll they'll figure things out as it goes along. Um, but not a great start. It very much is a, we need to establish our characters here, and then later on we'll get characters interacting in more interesting ways. Yeah, just shame about the characters they're establishing. <laughs> yeah, I wish Koyomi was more of a dweeb. Like... Not, like, in a, like, creepy way, but just, like, I want him to, like, oh, I want to help everyone out because I'm, like, an idiot. Like, I'm, like, a dummy with a heart of gold. I want him to be a himbo. And he's just like, well, I just wanted to help you out because, like, that makes me a nice person anyway. Do you want some ice cream? Or something like like that where he's not, like, I don't know. Also, it, help, it would help also if uh, uh, Hitagi also was not constantly horny, though she gets a pass. Yeah, you keep saying, uh, like, describing him like a himbo, and I just keep thinking of uh, Raphael from Fire Emblem Three Houses. I don't know if that's a pull anybody <laughs> here knows, but I'm just like, yeah, I want a guy whose chest is so big he can barely button his shirt as the main character. Be like, oh, a little lady who <laughs> needs some help. Uh, I was thinking of Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, classic Similar himbo. energy, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we got anything else about episode two? Um, oh. How do we feel about the next time ons that the show does? Um, I didn't care. I kind of tune out. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that style <laughs> of next time on. Um, also, just a big proponent of like shows are better off when they don't have next time ons. Um, unless you're gonna do a, I guess. I guess they're doing a bit. I do like the dandy next time ons. Those are fun. But that's just because like I, like I like those characters, so I like hearing more narration from them. But uh, the little sister uh, gimmick and them doing like riddles or whatever, it's like whatever. Like I don't I don't hate it, but it mostly just washes over me. Yeah, I'm probably there too. I will say a little compliment sandwich to cap off this episode. Uh, I did like that when they cut to her looking at the uh, crab, that it was like a different scene, like it was completely different uh, kind of thing. That was like a case where I thought the weird animation helped. Mm. When they were entering the house and it turned all filmy, I was like, okay, this is stupid and like <laughs> unmotivated. But like, it's like, oh, she's looking at this like spirit god of of heavy crabs or whatever. Then I'm then I'm like, oh, okay, that's. That makes sense. You're seeing something else. And you're yeah. in the little Digimon world or whatever. Yeah, I think I agree. The production's probably like best matched to the story they're trying to tell in that scene. Um, well, here's a new voice actor. Um, Hitagi Senjogahara is voiced by Chiwa Saito. Uh, she is, I guess, not new to us, but I wasn't doing voice actors back then because uh, she is Homura in Madoka Magica. Uh, she is Yona in Yona of the Dawn. Uh, she is uh, Shirke in Berserk. Uh, she is Aika in Arya. Uh, Katori in Rewrite. Natsumi Hinata in Sergeant Frog. Uh, Chimney in One Piece. Uh, and this one's for me. She's uh, Louise Havily in Gundam 00. Which noted Gundam 00 enjoyer here. So I was happy to see that. Uh, well, that brings us to episode three, the start of the next arc. Uh, so, Maiwe Snail Part One. 
On Mother's Day, Koyomi sits in the center of a vast playground reminiscing about his family and his mountain bike. He sees a young lost girl uh, named Maori Haki or Hachikuji, uh, whom he does not know, uh, <laughs> who later leaves. This is weird. Uh, Hitagi Senjogahara arrives and they proceed to have a strained conversation while they use the playground equipment. Uh, she wants to pay him back for helping her, but he declines all her proposals. Later, Kiyomi spots the lost girl looking at the map again. Leaving Hitagi behind, he goes over to her to see if he can help her. After she refuses his help and later ignores him, Kiyomi surprises her by hitting her head into the sign. During a hostile exchange, Mayoi introduces herself. They get into another brawl, ending with Kiyomi as the winner. Kiyomi proceeds to get aid from Hitagi, who used to live in the area, about helping Mayoi find her way. Mayoi mentions that she is actually a lost snail, but drops the subject immediately. Uh, again, another weird episode description, but also nothing happens except uh, Kiyomi uh, beats up a child, <laughs> just just physically <laughs> assaults a child um, yeah, for he laughs. Get it yet. He's <laughs> fucking pathetic. Yeah, but like, do I need to watch that? Do I need to watch a show where a basically grown man beats up a little girl? Uh, no. <laughs> I think the show is meant for me to think that is wildly hilarious. And I, the thing I appreciate the least about it is that they like lampshade it by he beats her up and immediately his internal monologue is like, um, uh, like, oh, but that man, that man who's laughing at beating a child is me. And it's like, yeah, you don't make it better by pointing that out show, but okay. Um, but this was the episode that, uh, my last note on this is probably one of the worst episodes we've ever watched for this podcast. I was bored out of my mind for 90% of it, and then the other 10% of it is, again, watching a basically grown man beat up a child. So, anime. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a thought at one point of, like, this is the kind of anime that makes me, like, get it when someone says, like, oh, I just don't watch anime. Like, yeah. if this is the kind of thing that they've seen, like, oh, like, here's, like, a really famous anime. It's, uh, you know, it has 18 seasons out or whatever because it's a really long light novel series or, you know, whatever. And then they see it and they're like, oh, okay, I just don't think anime is my thing. It's like, yeah, I, I got you. Like, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, not that I think anyone would recommend this as a first time, like a novice entry to the to anime or whatever, but... Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is, like, we spent a lot of time talking about, like, you know, Bebop and Dandy as, like, potential first recommendations. If this is your recommendation to someone who's new to anime, you should walk off a cliff. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> you are you are not seeing the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I but, promise you that. Yeah, because this, uh, this episode, I have a few notes, and I'll just kind of rattle through them real quick. Is this a new OP? Is there going to be a new OP for every girl? The answer is yes, apparently. Um, though I did say it looks slash sounds like an AI generated or parody intro. Like it's so over the top with this little girl or whatever. I kind of liked it. I was. I, I, was I liked. It. I, I came around to it. I liked how like every single character in the OP is just her. Yeah, I thought that part was cute. I came around to it eventually, but at first, I was like, this feels like a parody of like a of like a normal anime intro. Um, and then it's definitely like some 2004 ass shit. Yes. Is on. Uh, my next note was, "What the fuck am I watching?" And then, "Is this going to be 30 minutes of these two yes ending each other?" Uh, and then just Nisios and baby. <laughs> yeah. I said just just so I can refer to it in my notes. So far, this episode has been quote, "I like being at the park alone." Oh, there's a little girl over there. Oh, she's gone. End quote quote, you can tell me to wake you up in an apron or whatever sick kinks you have, end quote. Quote, 
I'm having issues at home with my sister. Oh, would you fuck your sister? And like, <laughs> it's just all the like. It's just like, yeah. oh, do you have like a sister con complex? Oh, what about this other situation where you you your wife dies and therefore you marry the sibling of them? And they go through all the, the the dynamics of that, and then he keeps he just keeps talking to this fucking elementary school kid, which is later justified by the fact that she's a ghost that's supposed to keep you from going home, like whatever. Uh, but as it stands at this point, like he keeps saying, "I'm gonna go talk to this little kid. I'm gonna get her to talk to me," and uh, Hitagi's like, "No, you shouldn't do that." But okay, um. And also, I thought the music sucked in this episode. It was, especially at the end, uh, it felt like a 30-second loop that just, like, kept looping poorly. Yeah, I, I just, in general, don't enjoy this arc, and I think this is the weakest episode of it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I had a note, I, I like, timestamped it, like, nine minutes into the episode, I was like, okay, I have to ask, what the fuck is the appeal of the show? <laughs> like, why, like, at this point <laughs> in, why should I keep watching? And then I realized, oh, this is the fastest I would have hypothetically dropped any of the shows we've covered for the podcast. I would have turned this episode off nine minutes in and gone, you know what, I'll do anything else with my time. <laughs> uh, I had a really negative reaction to this episode. I just thought it was like, what is... What is the point of any of this? Like the all the dialogue between Senju Kahara and Kiyomi is miserable. Just like, oh my god, I would rather have any other words going into my ears right now. <laughs> I I understand, especially with what you're saying about like what's the appeal of the show. And again, this is coming off the first few episodes. Maybe it gets better later. I don't know. Um, but like, it's not for this kind of plot and like the style they're going for, especially because they are definitely either fully embracing or brushing ties with um, like etchy humor, etchy styles or whatever. But it's not horny enough for that. So it just kind of comes across as awkward. Yeah. Where where it's not like, oh, these women are all, you know, getting their boobies out and, and rubbing them on uh, uh, Kiyomi. It's like, no, he's just like a pervert. So it's less like a steamy, etchy thing. It's more like a weird pervert thing. So like, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me in terms of like the appeal where it's like, I don't know, I feel like the show needs to have like a horny character ASAP and not a little girl. ASAP. <laughs> That's your monkey's paw yeah, wish. I they give you a horny like... character, but it's a, <laughs> it's a little girl. It's a I think girl. like at least... At least, like, a decent amount of the appeal of the show is just, like, how different it is from other anime in the same vein. Is it? Because I have been watching some completely mid-fucking garbage recently, but, and it's like, ah, at least this is different. But that's the whole thing. If I'm, I, watching, I a if I'm watching a show like this, I want the mid-garbage. the mid garbage. If I want people philosophizing at each other, I don't want it in a harem show. I want it in Ghost in the Shell. I, yeah, no wonder you hate visual novels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know that I would call this that much different from like other harem anime. Like, it's different in the presentation, I guess. But like, because that I think that presentation is like poorly done, it like falls apart. Like the the like, you know, just like the shimbo aesthetic, and then also just like I don't know, like how information has been presented so far doesn't work for me. So it's like this this fundamental flaw. They really do their best to get the most out of like this whole episode basically taking place in a single location like varying the shot composition and framings and things like that but 
to me, that only just makes it worse. <laughs> it's like you're trying so hard to make the most boring episode of anime I've ever watched visually appealing. And it's just like, maybe just write the episode different. <laughs> maybe just cut a lot of this dialogue. You don't have to just copy paste pages of the novel into your show. That's the, the standard thing. Like uh, people always say like, oh, you know, I like the book more than the movie because like there's so much more details in the book. It's like, yeah, that's because they're different media. And, like, if someone did a complete uh, one-to-one, like, an adaptation of a book, it would be dog shit. That's kind of what The Hobbit was going for. Yeah. Except they stretched it, like, hyper long. And then they added stuff, too. (laughs) Yeah. Stuff from other books. But it's like, yeah, no, you... And destroyed a country's economy, don't forget that. (laughs) Well, of course. (laughs) According to Kikaku. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually our the real name of our podcast under the Kukaku. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, so yeah, like adaptation shouldn't be a hundred percent. Like if it ends up being like if if someone's adapting this and they're reading the book and they go, "Oh shit, we only have enough for like I was gonna say two episodes." That's being really charitable for like an episode and a half of information with this with this snail girl we should only make it an hour or one and a half episodes not stretch it to three three spots i don't know yeah um fun fact of the uh snail arc is barely longer than the crab arc of the visual novel or light novel <laughs> oh yep yeah this did not need to be three episodes this should have been one more realistically two uh but definitely not three but again, it, it what we need is an episode where there's not like introducing a new girl, mm. because like what do, and I th- I've made this remark on other things before, but like what do Koyomi and Hitagi do outside of this show, like outside of the events of the show, like I think I, I think it was Wickcross when we when I talked about it. Last. Oh yeah. Where it's like, outside of the events of the show, I know nothing about these characters and therefore don't care about them because their entire existence mm-hmm. is justified by the important actions that they do in the, in the show. It's not like, oh, I want to get back to, like with Wickross, uh, main girl has a grandma who makes soup or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I know she likes her grandma's soup and her grandma is not the true white which but it's just it's just good <laughs> yes but she's just good at wick, wick wick sauce or whatever so like you could learn a little bit in that but in here it's again like all i know is that koyomi is on the school council he was a vampire maybe half a vampire maybe blade i don't know man i wish he were blade <laughs> some motherfuckers are always ice skating uphill leslie snipes better be one of the girls in the harem oh I'm my saying. god um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like I, we need a. There needs to be a beach. I mean, granted, not a beach episode because it's like the you know they have. Uh, at this point, I would enough. I would love that. <laughs> give me a couple more girls and then give a beach episode. That's exactly what the show needs. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Just like them being on the beach and then they have to make a friendship circle to exercise a hermit crab demon or something. And like that's fine. They, they do that and then they have a watermelon. But I don't know. Instead, we just kind of get. I, I feel like we keep drifting into talking about the the chunk as a whole but in this one episode all we get is i'm gonna (laughs) beat up this child who quite rightfully does not want to talk to me a fully grown adult essentially yeah that and koyomi being i'm i'm sexually frustrated but i'm gonna do nothing about it (laughs) 
It's basically the gist of their Her also not wanting to talk to him because she knows she's, like, some, like, ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That will fuck him up. Similar complaint to you, Danny, about, like, what's the interiority of these characters when they're not just, like, you know, doing wordplay shenanigans at each other. Um, My whole thing is, like, because 90% of interactions characters have in the show are just, like, them, like, word babbling at each other, um, they don't feel like real people. There's no, like, like emotional core to a lot of these. That's why I like the end of the last episode so much is because, like, oh, that's, like, touching it, like, at a genuine human emotion uh, in a, like, like, a complex human emotion in a way that's, like, interesting to pick at. Whereas, like, the rest of this is, like, there's nothing going on here. It's just, like, it's more or less, like, a, a vehicle for the author to, like, you know, do his sick Japanese puns that go over our heads. Um, <laughs> whereas, like, not to keep bringing up Pretty Boy Detective Club, but I guess I'm going to because that's, like, my big touchstone for Nisio Eason. And, like I said, I like that series a lot. That style of writing fits the premise of that series much better because it's a mystery series and it's about like a club of like haughty boys that are all geniuses in their own way. So of course they're trying to one up each other in dialogue and they don't talk to each other like human beings because they're out of touch with reality. Like all that stuff works so well in the premise of that. Um, whereas like this, it's like, it's clearly like the interest of the author to write his characters that way, but it doesn't actually make sense for what the premise of the show is. It's just like it further like muddies like the kind of show it is that's why i'm that's why i'm harping on it like being a pretentious harem anime because i wish it was just more of a straightforward harem anime all the pretension doesn't add anything to it it actively takes away but i do like the fact uh the part when hitagi talks about like super saiyans uh and and shenron big dragon ball fan so (laughs) i was was a fan of that Uh, my note for that was finally something actually funny (laughs) Um, cause that's the other thing, like a lot of the wordplay stuff is meant to be funny, but none of it made me like laugh or sensible chuckle or any of those, those odd things. Um, the only other thing in this episode I did find funny was, and I don't know if it was in the previous episodes and I missed it, but this was the one that stood out to me. The, like, we kind of briefly talked about it. There's a lot of like cuts to text on screen and it's meant to basically be like rough, like storyboard direction stuff of like. Yeah, they'll cut to a lot of. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say a lot of the uh, the text on screen is literally just from the lo- the late novels. Yeah, but there'll also be things like you know, like oh, animation. It'll say like animation cut whatever, and it'll describe what is meant to be shown, but it's not actually shown because you're just looking at text on a screen. There's also like anytime it would be a cut to black, it actually cuts to brown, and the text on screen just says the word black. Um, which again is like a interesting stylistic decision, but means nothing in the context of the show. It's just a flourish. It doesn't actually add anything thematically, or um, it just again like the whole production of the show to me feels like it belongs to a different show or should belong to a different show. But anyway, to go back to my compliment, <laughs> um, I like that when it does the what would be like a cut to commercial. Um, it says, uh, and now commercials, but because we're watching the Blu-ray version of it, they edited it for the Blu-ray to add in parentheses, like, so it says, like, and now commercials, parentheses, or there were in the broadcast version, which I thought was funny. Um, it's Mm -hmm. the only on text screen gag that I thought was, or not even gag, but like usage that I thought was good. Um, and a lot of it, like, I don't know what y'all did, but a lot of the like text on screen stuff, like is cut so fast you can't read all of it. 
uh, and I flat out refused to pause to read any of that. Same. I was like, well, if I was meant to read it, you would have showed it to me slower. I uh, only really pause if I think it has something that isn't just the uh, quoting the light novel, which most of it is. Yeah. Maybe think. Maybe think of uh, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. I believe has like the same sort of plotting device where it's like a story. Yeah. It's like, but this was a little more effective than that. Or sorry, that was a little more effective than this. Yeah, because, like, the only effect I get out of it is it draws attention to the fact that you're watching an anime production. Like, this is an anime adaptation. Like, you're, they're, they're pointing out the nature of the production, but that kind of, like, self-reflexive nature of that implementation doesn't do anything for the show. It's not a show about, like, uh, like fiction or storytelling mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, maybe it'll, it will be, but, like... Um, made me more frustrated than anything because it's like this doesn't add anything to the show (laughs) it's just like like i've said the word pretentious a lot and i know danny you say this as well that like it's a word i've tried to like actively cut out of my vocabulary because it gets overused and poorly deployed but i truly mean it in that show where it's like it's an artful flourish for the sake of the flourish it doesn't actually like provide any deeper meaning to the show which i do find very frustrating Mm. especially when like it, it it makes it hard to parse information because it's hard to tell if some like like it, are they showing me something important? Do I need to stop and really read everything? Would it be easier if I was reading in Japanese, where like a whole kanji can give you a lot more information than a, a few words? Yeah, like it just makes it like crowded in a way in terms of information load. Mm. Um, but then occasion because then occasionally you get something like in the next episode where he uh, gropes a elementary school child and the text unripened fruit uh, mm-hmm. comes on, on screen. And you just have to sit with that knowledge and exist in this world afterwards. It's wild. <laughs> Anime could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> we come to this place for the magic or, or whatever the, the AMC <laughs> movie is. God, what's her face? Uh, God, who's Nicole in that commercial? Kidman. Nicole Kidman would be appalled watching the yes. show in an AMC theater. Uh, we are not sponsored, by the way. Um, I was going to say something, and then I forgot. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I have some thoughts about uh, Mioi as a character, but I think we can talk about that in the next two episodes because she's kind of hardly in this one. Um, do you have a note that's all caps? Like, what the fuck, dude, when <laughs> he starts beating her up? I'm like, okay. Also, he did, like, before they start fighting, he straight up, like, like bashes her head into like the sign she's trying to read i'm like jesus christ yeah Um, it's not funny enough like if this was like an over-the-top show it'd be fine yeah the only funny part of the entire fight thing is her grabbing his ahoge as a weapon that was Mm. cute but that's it um well that brings us to another voice actor uh mayoi hachikuji is voiced by emiri kato uh we already covered her she was kagami hiragi in lucky star which is cool. Episode four is called Mayoi Snail Part Two. Uh, after talking with Mayoi, Kiyomi discovers that the young girl is trying to get to her mother's house. However, as he, Mayoi, and Hitagi try to make their way to the address, they keep getting in- inexplicably lost. Assuming Mayoi has fallen victim to an apparition, Kiyomi decides to send Hitagi off to find Oshino while he stays behind with Mayoi. Mayoi mentions that she has always been trying to get to her mother's house, but can't seem to get there. She and Kuyomi uh, get into an argument and briefly fight. Tsubasa then arrives, saying that she was just passing by. She asks Kiyomi about his relationship with Hitagi, and he isn't able to give her a definite answer. 
After Tsubasa leaves, Kiyomi receives a call from Oshino, who says that he has given Hitaki instructions on how to solve Moyo's problem. Yet another episode where nothing fucking happens. <laughs> and, we l and we learn about the PTA. We do learn about the PTA. That's true. Um... Which I was, I was like, oh, is, is there a different... Because it seemed weird to me that, like, like, that acronym would mean the same thing, like, that they would use that in Japan, you know? Because it's, it's not like, oh, it stands for something different. It's literally parent-teacher association. I'm like, wouldn't they have a different acronym for it in Japanese? But I guess not. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is the episode we get uh, what I described as the absolute worst set of c consecutive frames I've ever seen in an anime, which is the shot of Kiyomi groping um, Mayoi and then a cut to text on screen that says unripened fruit. Uh, and I uh, wanted to uh, gouge my eyes out <laughs> because you, just, you can't <laughs> yeah, just do that. It, uh, it fucking sucks. And like, to be clear, as I said before, I wish the show were more problematic, but doing doing that is like, come on, like, if you're gonna be, like, gross about it, like, don't, don't just be blatantly gross, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, have some exactly, fun. <laughs> that's, like, the least way to have fun about it, but I don't know, um, definitely, a, uh, and then this is the second time we get the lampshading of, like, Aragi beating up uh, Mayoi and then self-reflexively being like, oh, that was super lame of me to do that. You're like, yeah, no shit, dude. Fucking stop it. <laughs> yeah. I also forgot writing this note, because uh, I did just say this about uh, Koyomi as a character, but I wrote the note towards the end of this episode. Um, this is just a show for perverts who are too embarrassed to watch porn. Mm. Um, <laughs> Most etchy stuff is. That's true, and this is also like uh, too embarrassed to watch etchy and also needs to feel smart with all the wordplay going on uh here to tell you you're not smart if you watch the show <laughs> that's fine we love our himbos and bimbos and uh, all that but uh, not a smart call yeah the um uh my first note is this episode makes me think of how seinfeld is was described as like a show about nothing mm -hmm. but like with the show about nothing you have like funny stuff going on this is just, like, a show about nothing, and, like, that's it. It's just, like, sitting around and, like, chatting. Uh, yeah. But, like, for that, you need characters you care about kind of thing. And also, you find out from the class rep that hitting a child is bad, but if you do it, you have to, like, tell them why. <laughs> I must have forgotten about that. So the the class rep shows up, and she's she says to uh, Snail Girl, like, hey... You shouldn't bite his hand. Uh, and this is, like, just after he started, like, you know, groping her and shit or whatever. Like, you shouldn't bite his hand. Uh, and Oh, she's entirely justified in trying to kill oh, him. Oh, yes. Uh, so then, then she turns to the, uh, uh, I almost called him Kakuin, uh, Koyomi, <laughs> and is like, and you too, like, you're no better. And, and he's like, oh, I guess I shouldn't use violence. And the class rep basically says, like, yeah, violence, like, should be avoided. But if you hit a kid, you should tell them why you did it <laughs> or something like that. It's like they got to know you got to talk to them in a way they understand why you hit them. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, like a dog, <laughs> like a dog hitting her with a rolled up newspaper. <laughs> the um, and at the end, when they're on the phone and they kept like doing stuff with the phone screen to be like to give some sort of visual contrast because it's just people talking to each other mm -hmm. um it made me think of like the family guy funny moments tiktoks or whatever where they have like 
subway surfer family guy and like <laughs> asmr playing at the same time it's like i was like what am i what like this is not a show this or this is not how you do this kind of scene like cut to them talking or something you're so right they totally should have put clips of family guy on the phone while they're talking <laughs> well that's like they, they have like breakout on the screen at one point like the, yeah. the ball like pong breakout um a face they kept like they I don't know. It was, and it was also so blunt. Like he says, uh, uh, girl Hitagi's name, and it says like lover on the screen. It's like, oh, okay, thanks, show. I, I was curious what you were doing with that. I, I get it now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It's just like, fuck off. Why are you doing this? Yeah, like it's like a fun enough gag, but it like the production stuff I said about the last episode. Like it lasts too long, and also it's like to distract you from the fact that nothing's really happening. Uh, They've, they've got to put something on screen. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to finish the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, put on my notes that this is an anime for dictionary fans, and that uh, Nisio Isen <laughs> is a guy that wants you to know he knows a lot of words and is very proud of it. I so okay. So to talk about Mayoi, um, I enjoy her. I think she's fun. I like that she goes back and forth between like biting Kiyomi and then like getting distracted by like uh, uh, like he like tries to bribe her with money and she's like "Ooh, a five dollar bill or whatever like i like i like her characterization that way she's fun i like her big backpack i think she's cute um but i don't like 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 hitagi i don't like the way the show like treats her as like again also a little girl like like a piece of meat um uh to be uh, groped by kuyomi and all that kind of stuff like again just felt like should be in a different show. If she was in a different show, I'd be having a good time. She's funny. She's got good energy. But because she has to deal with Kiyomi and the rest of this bullshit, like, it just sucks. Yeah, well, especially with the money, how at first he uses the money to, like, be like, oh, tell me your story, which I'm like, uh, it's a little gross to, like, you know, bribe a child to expose themselves emotionally, but whatever. Um, but then later, he also pulls out money, uh, like, I can't remember if it was so that he, like, she would stop yelling about being groped or something like that. But, like, it was, it was so, it was very close in proximity to her being groped. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, he's literally just paying her to, like, not tell anyone. Like, oh my, this is awful. Yeah. Um, but I did like her energy, like you said. She reminded me of, like, a Digi-Destined, like, in both design with a big backpack. And, oh, yeah, like, she, um... She reminds me of um Kyrie. Uh, no, um uh Terrier Mon's trainer. I forget his name. Um, oh yeah. Uh his his little sister. Uh she reminds me of her. Um mm. which is another fun like little girl character like naive like kind of mood swings depending on like how people are treating her. Like like I like the character but I just hate the way the show like treats her. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking damning indictment of the show that like the main character makes everything around him worse. <laughs> I also don't like that um uh Hitagi hates kids. Like or like specifically hates uh Mayoi. Like she like she's so like and I, I don't know, like it's just it kind of works for her, I guess, being like a jerk. But like I don't know, I just don't want I don't want her to be mean to uh uh Mayoi, and as a result, Mayoi sticks around uh, uh, Koyomi more. Yeah, I mean, I guess we get the reveal in the next episode that like, yeah. uh, Hitagi can't see Mayoi, uh, but I guess it would have been more fun if those two characters actually got to interact. Yeah, there's even like a few shots that like uh, um, kind of show that 
before it's revealed. I thought that was like one of the times I was like, okay, this is actually like uh, something that is done better in the anime than the light novels mm-hmm. is being able to make shots where you have just you where you don't have any shots where it's all three of them in the same frame. You have ones that are Koyomi and Hajikuji and Kiyomi and Senjikahara. Yeah, I, I kind of wished like once they reveal like oh Hitagi can't see Mayoi, I kind of wish there was like more done to tease that. Um, but it's not like they did nothing. Um, so I agree. That's that's definitely a strength of a visual adaptation. Um, how do we feel about Subasa? My my note on her when she shows up in this episode is oh hey the boring girl is here, because um, <laughs> all we really get is like her in the first episode um and she is extremely forgettable in that first episode well in the first episode she's doing like the the festival prep or whatever and i was like aha austin's old uh-huh. nemesis is back yeah i was <laughs> definitely thinking about blooming to you while, <laughs> while watching that episode um but i don't know what's what's y'all's read on her she is not interesting until we get uh what happened to her in golden week because the show keeps mentioning mm. it I thought she was boring. I don't know. Like, yeah, just very stock standard character. Like, I get that they, because they do mention that, and I get that they're teasing, like, oh, that we're going to learn more about what her deal is later. But it's like, you got to tease that out. You got to make me care. And I guess it's an anime, so they expect me to go, oh, a high schooler with big tits, you're supposed to care. It's like, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm built different. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm impervious. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different experience on rewatch like see how the characters are like change over time versus you being thrown into the deep end to be like wow these characters have nothing fucking going on yeah it's like i'm i'm all all on board for like a like a i always get these mixed up like cold open hot open soft open whatever but like i'm i'm all on board for them just kind of like throwing you into it but you got to give me a little bit to chew on like you got to have her say something real fucked up, like just as a non sequitur. Like, hey, what what did you just say? What what does that mean? Um, otherwise, she's just like boring student council. Like, she's such a stock character. Like, she is such a stock student council, gets straight A's, does everything by the book kind of character. And I just find that like archetype so uninteresting. Um, like, you need to do something else with that uh, character. Um, to make it work, and the show has done nothing, and not even, like, like I guess barely hinted at, like, oh yeah, something happened with her in Golden Week, and uh, uh, meme Oshino <laughs> helped her out of it. <laughs> um, but, like, you can't just expect, like, I'm all for, like, oh, I'll get, like, I'll get a sense of these characters more the further I get into the show or whatever, but you gotta give me something to gauge my interest and like i said like these these three episodes specifically was like why would i if i was watching the show as it was airing week to week why would i tune in next week to the next episode like what's the hook uh because i genuinely couldn't find anything to be like well i think this plot thread is interesting or this character is cool it's like no there's there's nothing for me and i mostly just say that like i'm not trying to like harp on the show i'm mostly just confused because it's like how did the show i guess like the light novels were popular and those are a whole different beast but like why did people latch onto the show in the way that they have because it's very popular they've made a billion seasons of it they've adapted almost all the light novels at this point i think um but i just don't get it i don't i don't get why this first season would grab anybody i would watch naruto or whatever is is in the same time slot uh probably something different like that but i just think of that because seed 
and see Destiny both aired while Naruto was airing on a different channel. And it's like, why were people not just watching Naruto on the other channel? <laughs> well, it's like you said, you need the the through line. You need the CIA or Japan CIA yeah. to be like, we're going to shoot you in the fucking head if you don't help with these girls or something like that. Or whatever. Or some organization. Now that you're a half vampire, you need to help other people get out of this fate. And that's like, so that's the through line is him working his way through these ladies and eventually i'm just describing the world only god knows but you need something more than just well we happened to run into this small child and i guess i was horny yeah it's really interesting for me to hear from you danielle that um the kizumonogatari novel came out after this because them slightly teasing the stuff that happens in that at the beginning of this show um that's the stuff i want to know more about i'm like how did like like i want to know so much more interesting than the fucking yeah well because that's the thing that's missing is what's the inciting incident for all this because clearly koyomi at some point went from regular high schooler to suddenly aware of there's a bunch of supernatural shit that's real and happens in the world and people are affected by it and i want to see that happen to him so the fact that they tease that at the beginning of the show is like that's the story i want to see why can't i watch that um and maybe that would have been a better adaptation choice instead of adapting that novel later um maybe blend some of those elements into it give us more flashbacks to what happened instead of just like completely out of context cutaways that go like well something cool happened but i don't know what um i don't know Again, like Danny said, like it feels like there was a first episode that we skipped over <laughs> is, is how all these episodes feel, where it's like there's something that explains why I'm watching this that, that I haven't seen yet, and it's very frustrating to try to like mentally put that together. Um, I'm very curious to check out the novel for, for all these reasons. Yeah. I'm also like, I remember this arc being my least favorite. I'm hoping that it is ending up the worst. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, it's... I guess it's, like, absolutely a fucking, like, pace killer to be the second one after, like, the Patagi arc ends fairly strongly. Though I remember you mentioning a toothbrush scene, I think. Oh, that's the next season. Oh, that's okay. that's what it goes... The next season's way more horny, and it's, like, oh. better for it, because it's like, oh, yeah, have an incest toothbrushing sex scene. That's way more interesting. See, that's exactly... Because I've seen that scene before. That's exactly the thing I was thinking, where I was like, either I will love this or hate this, because that's the kind of thing where you watch that, and you either go, this is my kind of trash, or get this trash away from me, but <laughs> we haven't gotten anything nearly as trashy. Um... I was looking it up, I guess there's, uh, I didn't uh, think about this while watching these episodes, but I guess there's three other arcs in this season. Um, so mm-hmm. we've got three other chances for the show to, to win us over. This could also be a show that would be interesting. I don't know if this was the, if they did this, you know, but kind of like how with Space Dandy, how they had basically a bunch of different groups doing it, like different directors, oh, different yeah. writers. That might be nice to do something like a harem show, but like every arc is made by a different production team. That'd be neat. I I totally yeah. agree with that because like I appreciate the Shaft like style, but it kind of gets old very quickly. Like even in the space of these five episodes, like granted, I wasn't liking the show for other reasons, but like I feel like by the fifth episode, I was just like, I kind of wish the show looked different. Um, I did want to say, I don't know, there's not like a good place to say this, but like, um, cause I don't think it came out when we talked about Shaft in Modica, but I, I can appreciate Shaft's visual style cause they've got like a house style to them. Uh, if that's not clear, 
uh, if people are just listening and not watching these shows along with us. But to me, the only Shaft show I've ever seen where I felt like the style really complemented the story they were adapting well um, is March Comes In Like a Lion. And I feel like that one's a lot more subdued in the style. And that's even. the thing. like it, it, Because it feels like they've made a much more conscious decision to find ways to implement their style in a way that fits the story and not just go, this is how we like to make anime and we're going to mold the story to it. So... Fun fact, um, Shaft did the adaptation of one of the, uh, one of the Shonen Jump harem romance animes, Nisekoi. And the thing is, the, uh, the TV release of it was, like, full of Shaft House-style nonsense, but for the Blu-rays, they, like, actually toned it down. Oh, huh. <laughs> which I find really funny. That's interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to see, like, a comparison. Yeah. Um, I... I'm sure Herx has talked about it. Kami did the release on that and had a lot of fun with the typesetting mm. on it. Another interesting thing is, like, the other fairly well-received Shaft show at the time is Hitamari Sketch, which is has, like, some of the same weird stylist, like, same Shaft house-style stuff, but it's a show about, like, uh, kids in an art school, so, like, the vibes match up a bit more if they're doing all these artistic flourishes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the things I've seen are like now this and I've seen like enough out of context like shots and clips from this to have a sense of what this show looks like. And then Modica obviously because we covered that uh March comes in like a lion, um uh Pretty Boy Detective Club and I I just feel very strongly about like of those like the best by far is March comes in like a lion in terms of matching visual style with what the story is going for. Um, I find that we should cover that. I'll pick it at some point, given a long enough time, but we should definitely cover that for that show because it'd be very interesting to compare to a show like this or Monica. Uh, but did just want to say that, that I, anytime I watch something from Shaft that, that's not March Comes In Like a Lion, I feel that tension. That, that was part <laughs> of the reason I never finished. I watched only a couple episodes of the Pretty Boy Detective Club show where I was like, eh, I don't know if the style of this really fits the novel because I think at that point I'd at least read the first novel. But anyway uh anything else about episode four <laughs> no uh though i'm not re- like mentally not ready for episode five because episode five had the biggest uh yikes moment for me i think uh i'm trying to even remember i guess we'll find out together <laughs> um well one more voice actor again someone we've already covered uh maybe oshino is voiced by takahiro sakurai uh we already covered him funnily enough in like not a big role for him but uh he was uh the harbinger of spring in flying witch oh okay yeah i like that character yeah well that brings us to episode five which is called my snail part three uh while waiting for hitaki to arrive kuyomi begins to find out more about moyoi's life uh, she is the only child of a couple that had undergone a bitter divorce. Mayoi was put under the custody of her father and had contact with her mother deliberately cut off to the point where Mayoi could barely recognize the face of her mother. Sorry. Uh, Hitagi then uh, arrives and apologizes to Kiyomi. She realizes, or sorry, she reveals that Mayoi does not exist uh, as she is already dead. As a ghost, a lost snail, she can only be seen by those who have a subconscious desire to not return home and is meant to waylay people who do not uh, really want to arrive at their destinations. As a result, Hitagi uh, could not see Mayoi and didn't say anything because she feared that she might be, quote, different again. The information Oshino provides. Uh, as a ghost, Mayoi cannot adapt to changes that occurred after her death. Thus, she cannot lead them uh, astray if they only use roads built thereafter. 
helps them find Mayoi's mother's house, uh, but it is a vacant lot. However, Mayoi is happy and disappears, saying she's finally home. Afterwards, Hitaki admits uh, that she is in love with Kiyomi, and she is deeply intrigued by his desire to help anyone in need. Ugh. <laughs> Kiyomi responds to her feelings with the uh, precondition that they would not hide things from each other. At the end of the episode, Kiyomi runs into Mayoi again, who states that she has been, quote, promoted from a lost soul to a wandering spirit and that she'd like to visit Kiyomi from time to time. Uh, can't believe this episode ended on the threat that Koyomi would have to interact with this little girl more. <laughs> yeah, so my big yikes moment for this episode comes at the beginning. Uh, basically <sighs> says, like, like they're talking, like, uh, he and Koyomi and, and uh, Mayoi are talking, and um, she, he says, like, oh, a, like, a child? Then you're the same as me. And she says, I'll have you know that I'm one of the best or the fastest growers in my class. To which uh, Koyomi goes, that's true. Your chest was pretty impressive. And then she's like, oh, wait, you touched my breasts? Like, oh, my God, you took away my first touch. You know, now I'll never be mm -hmm. married or whatever. And then... Koyomi's like, it's like, don't you know, massaging breasts actually make them grow bigger, and like, therefore, I'm gonna like grab onto you and grope you. The the exact line, I'm gonna grope them so much that your precious firsts and kisses are gonna be the last things on your mind. Uh, this is also coupled with him being like, oh, give me, or I'll give you, uh, you know, a, a thousand yen or whatever. Um, and it does the same gag as before with like the. And and there was a high school boy who beat up this small child, uh, but it's, uh, you know, this high school boy lost it in the face of this young child and, quote, begun forcefully subjecting her to severe sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not good. <laughs> this no. Is, oh, no. Did I just, like, completely fucking blank this out? I, I, as you were reading this, I realized the first note uh, that I have for this episode is uh, anime introduce a little girl character without going out of its way to sexualize her challenge failed. And then my follow up <laughs> note is, well, it failed last episode, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Because the worst part is then she's like, oh, I'm sorry for hurting you. And he, you know, starts healing and is like, no, I'm the one who should be apologizing. Anyway, you seem pretty used to fighting. It's like. Okay, no, she should not be apologizing, and yes, he should be apologizing, and also leaving this small child alone now. But you see, he has such a desire to help anybody in need that he, he can't help but sexualize a literal child. Jesus Christ. Also, I guess awful. we get the, uh, it's not the, like, thousand-year-old uh, dragon uh, girl uh, meme or whatever, but we do get the, oh, but she's in a... Oh, no, that's the vampire girl. That's, that's true, but we do get the, oh, she's a ghost, so it's okay, <laughs> reveal <laughs> in this episode. Um, yeah, uh, my big note I have for this episode is um, we talked about how, like, Space Dandy did a lot of wild tonal changes and managed to pull it off really well. Uh, this show cannot... <laughs> This show doesn't have it in it. Because, <laughs> like, by the end of this episode, when I'm supposed to care about this little girl after we, one, wasted two episodes doing literally nothing, and also what little did happen is Kiyomi uh, physically and sexually assaulting a little girl um, for me to suddenly care about an emotional payoff is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, we get, like, a like a M. Night Shyamalan-ass twist where it's like, oh, but she, she was a ghost the whole time, and whatever who cares <laughs> yeah well because my one of my notes is literally like 
wait, if if uh, Hitagi can't see the girl, was the class rep just, like, being polite and, like, miming to air just, like, to fuck around? But then it's revealed, like, oh, she has a bad home life, too, and therefore she, like, could see her because she also doesn't want to go home. Uh, but it is important to note, like, uh, Kyo, or what the fuck's his name? Kiyomi? Kiyomi. Kiyomi, yeah. Um, is like, oh, she has a rough home life, so that's why she can see him, too. But when I hear rough home life, I think of, like, oh, there's, like, something, like, a, some sort of abuse or some sort of neglect or some sort of, like, bad circumstances at home. Whereas, uh, Kiyomi's, like, reason he doesn't want to go home is he got into an argument with his sister about Mother's Day, and it's like, get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, he's just a fucking loser that got embarrassed at, like, sharing genuine emotion with his sister. Yeah, son. so it's like, what Die. the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just like, make. I don't think it's intending in this case to make a equivalence, uh, but it kind of accidentally does, I think. Uh, in terms of like, oh, because I guess her snailness only is visible just for like generally if you don't want to go home. Like, oh, damn, I don't want to go home and do dishes. Then the girl will show up in my vision. I don't know. Uh, I don't care to know either. I don't think it matters. Um, but uh, I do think it's interesting in, the, in terms of the school council girl apparently having a rough home life. Maybe due to Golden Week, who's to say? Wait, say that again? Maybe maybe her rough home life is because of Golden Week. We'll see. We'll see. Sure. Noted in this episode, at some point they started calling the entities and stuff that are making all the plot happen oddities, and I was like, when did we, when did we agree that that's the term for it? Like, the characters just start calling them that? Whatever. I guess they, I guess they have to have a name, but it threw me off. I was like, we're just calling them that now? Mm -hmm. um i had a moment as well in the show this is this is where i was at on this arc of episodes where uh we get the twist and then i looked at how much time was left in the episode i was like what do you mean there's eight minutes left of the episode i get it we can wrap it up now i know i know what what the twist was let's 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 hit let's get to credits come on (laughs) (laughs) hit the bricks And then to say another compliment, not about the show, but about another show we watched that I was slightly down on, um, uh, watching this arc, uh, just made me think, you know, the nicest thing I can say about the show is that it, uh, makes me appreciate Madoka more <laughs> as like, uh, oh, like I thought that show had problems. Well, here's a, sh- a shaft show that really has problems. I kind of wish that there was a terrorist attack in this, like with like, uh, like, penguin drum how they had like oh my parents were terrorists and like that's the Mm. big issue there there needs to be a character that's just like oh yeah my mom blew up a a house or something like that because it's like like these issues aren't like i don't know like oh i had a fight with my sister okay oh i'm a wandering spirit okay like i don't know they're just like so restrained yeah i mean like i'm less down on the oh i'm a wandering spirit who like distracts people from going home when they don't want to go home or whatever like that's whatever i I just found the whole argument thing with um kiyomi and his sisters to be so vapid and the fact that this episode turned it into like the central reason for why this loose plot is happening (laughs) was like really like the argument well like the little sister was like that's why you're never going to grow up and it's like that's just a thing someone would say to like it's not like a oh my god my ego is shattered she told me i'm never (laughs) going to grow up like come on get over yourself i mean i guess it's like you know maybe harsh to say but the episode like it it's so much of like a 
like in the other two episodes, it's like Koyomi is being a little baby about it. Like it, you're not meant to like genuinely empathize with him. You're meant to think like, oh, you dipshit. Like your sister was calling you an asshole because you're an asshole. Like get over yourself. Uh, and so for it to wrap around to like, oh my, oh my God, I saw the little snail girl because I, I deep down, I didn't want to go home because I was so upset by what my sister said to me. It's like, come on. Like, make it, like, give it more stakes. Like, have her say something like, oh, I wish you weren't my brother or something like that. Like, have it mean something. But there's, like, no emotional stakes to this whole arc, which is why it's, like, baffling. It's three episodes long. Or if you want to do something where it's like, oh, um, we're going to have, like, we want to have, because Koyomi is, like, ex-potentially former whatever vampire maybe mm-hmm. maybe he always feels like a calling for blood but like he has to fight it man and that's why he doesn't want to go home and like you know but like by by interacting with uh Mayoi, someone who doesn't have any blood he's able to recognize like oh by sharing in my connection with people that makes things worthwhile or what something i don't know yeah i hadn't thought about that but then playing up the uh used to be a vampire stuff would be way cooler than whatever's going on in the show maybe we'll get more of that <laughs> but <laughs> it's gonna be like hey uh you're getting that box set there's kizumanagatri in there have fun <laughs> no nice i i've seen clips from that movie and that seems like the good one of these in terms of like the anime <laughs> um just in terms of like the production actually aiding the story <laughs> things actually happening um Maybe I'll watch those movies, but uh, I will definitely read the book uh, since I spent the money on it. Um, but no, if this was just more, if this was way more Twilight, um, I'd be into it. Because you know what's good? Twilight's good. I'm not afraid to admit it. Where's, where's the baseball episode for Holy this? shit, yeah, please. Please have him assemble the harem and then they all beat his ass in baseball because he sucks. <laughs> sucks at everything, but it's super. like June Maeda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought something that was like unrelated to this specific episode, but Danielle, you'd brought up like a comparison to like this being Shaft doing a, uh, I don't know how he's credited. I guess it's mostly just like original work by, but essentially Shaft doing a show based on something written by Nisi Uesen versus Madoka, which was written by, um, uh, our, our hated rival, um, fuck, what's his name? Gunnar Bucci. How do we feel about, like, the difference in writing style, I guess, between the two shows? Because they're definitely very, like, distinct in terms of anime writing styles. I mean, I guess for me, it's like, yeah, um, I know Nisio Isen, um, his style does not translate to anime super well in these episodes. But God, does, like, I like his writing. I fucking hate Gen Urobuchi, and half of this is me rewatching Fate Zero recently, which a fucking abysmal awful fucking show i don't want to see uh gen urobuchi writing a harem show i think i kill myself so i guess if they're flipped which would you rather watch gen urobuchi writing a harem show or nisio isen writing a magical girl show nisio is a magical girl 100%. i think i agree but i would 100%. also i think i would also hate that for similar reasons i had problems with madoka where i was like this is not the writing style i like being brought to a magical girl show yeah Interesting to think about. Maybe we can think about that more as we go through the show. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about uh, episode five? No. Um, yeah, no. I, I'm I'm interested to see if this finds its footing. I'll say that. Um, yeah. I think there are bones here. Some of them are kind of not great. 
but like can maybe be repaired or like tamed back. I don't know. Um, but we'll we'll see. I don't hate this genre in general. Like I I do think it should just be porno. Like you know harem stuff. Like etchy stuff in general. I'm like just we are post shame. Just fucking. Go yeah, etchy should just be replaced by hentai almost every uh, instance. I'm gonna poorly paraphrase a mutual and be like, rip to y'all, but uh, how do you live with shame that you aren't sexualizing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, my overall thoughts right now, is just, so far, not the worst thing we've watched, but definitely more just like a lot of like there's just a lot of missteps a lot of like sometimes i can see their intention sometimes i can't but just a lot of missteps that i'm not too keen on this yet yeah i was thinking a lot about uh other shows we watched and i was like this is one of the few shows we've watched where like shows we watched that we ended up or i guess i'll speak for myself like that i ended up feeling very down on by the end of it i usually started if not like positive like maybe like optimistic about where it's going like i think about now and then here and there like i i was pretty high on those first six episodes and then we finished that show and it's like oh jesus christ what happened um or even like eden of the east where i didn't love those first five six episodes or whatever but was like willing to see where it was going whereas like this is like probably the like the lowest i've been on a show just from the first like set of episodes i think the only thing i can think of to compare would be Monica, which funnily enough ended up being a show that in the second half of that show i came around to it and then the movie ruined everything for me but yeah, that's a different story <laughs> uh, but so I, I in that same way i'm like i'm curious i'm like what could the show show do to salvage itself for me like what's gonna make it click for me because that's the biggest thing is like that's why i'm so disappointed like i wanted to either love or hate the show and i i guess i hate it but mostly because i'm like bored and wish it was doing things that are more interesting than it's doing and so i'm hoping it turns that around i like uh, like my worst fear is ending the season feeling like it was just like a uninteresting set of 15 episodes and i don't i don't hope that's the case i i want to uh latch on to something but We'll see. I'm also very curious to check out the book because I'm definitely going to do that as a comparison. I purposely picked the show because I thought it would be like a divisive one instead of a eh, nothing fucking oh, yeah. happens kind of thing. But I, if the other arcs end up being more like the Hitagi one than the Mayoi one, I think it'll turn around at least a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's what made this batch rough is like having reservations about the first two episodes, but kind of thinking it stuck the ending uh and then the 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 next arc of three episodes just being miserable to watch was not a good combination uh but we'll see where it goes any other broad thoughts no um i think my biggest surprise is that i was not more down on this i guess i think i was bracing with how we talked about it for it to be like just a little bit worse shit but like i think to love rue is probably worse than this so far for me <laughs> Yeah, so you say that, but I was definitely watching this thinking, like, I wish this was more like To Love Rue. <laughs> um, I mean, To Love Rue is very much in that, like, it's annoying that, like, the, I guess, like, the boundaries of it, instead of, like, going full 40, we still need to have the main character that is yeah. not allowed to fuck. Not even for, like, a dumb reason, but just because he doesn't want to, which is, it's more like the lucky pervert type thing than a sleazeball main character yeah i guess i guess what i wanted this show to be and i've watched i don't think i've ever watched a full one of these but i've watched enough episodes of these kinds of shows to to know what i what i want uh 
I wish this was more of one of those shows that like I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like you'll know exactly what I mean. Those like etchy shows where it's basically like a battle show, but the conceit is the the girls get their battle powers by basically like stripping nude. You know what I mean? Like I mm. I guess like Twin yeah. Twin Tales is kind of like that, but there's other ones. I guess like I, I I haven't seen this one specifically, but I think like High School DxD or whatever is like that. Um, kill a kill. Plays yes, with kill that a, a lot. That that's even a better one. Like I wish the show was more like Kill a Kill, where it's like yeah, it's like kind of gross and horny, but it's fun. <laughs> and like, that's, that's what makes it fun. Uh, whereas like, this wasn't like anything in one direction or the other. And so open. Yeah, no, it like very much wears how horny and silly it is on its sleeve versus. Yeah. Whereas this is trying to like. Kind of being ashamed of it. Yeah. Being ashamed and also like trying to pretend it's more than what it really is, which is a big frustration, but we'll see. Um, I am glad you picked this for the record because one i don't one of those things like with many things we pick for the show where it's like i don't know when i ever would have made time for this on my own uh if not for the podcast but also like watching this made me realize how little i actually knew about the series as much as i knew about the reputation the series has um so it's like good to like kind of peel that scab off um so curious to see where it goes we got one more voice actor um subasa hanakawa the class president Voiced by uh, Yui Hori. Um, she is uh, Toru Honda in the original Fruits Basket anime. Uh, Minori Kushieda in Toradora. Uh, Yuki Cross in Vampire Knight. Wiz in Konosuba. Eri Sawachika in School Rumble. Hanyu in Higurashi When They Cry. Uh, Ayu uh, Tsukimiya in Canon. Uh, Chie in Persona 4, the anime. Uh, Naru Naru Sagawa in Love Hina, uh, Honey Kitsuragi specifically in Re Cutie Honey, um, La Brava in My Hero Academia, uh, Rico uh, Izayoi in uh, Cure uh, in um, Mahotsukai Precure, aka she's a Cure Magical. Is the Precure she is in that? Uh, she's Esmeralda in Penguin Drum. That's like the like Empress Penguin, uh, little penguin. Um, and then, like, she has a ton of voice credits from, like, early 2000s and uh, early 2010s anime. Like, a bunch of stuff I hadn't heard of, but, like, she's in a ton of things. And I guess that'll do it for uh, Bakemonogatari. Uh, but uh, before we wrap up, what other anime have people been watching? Danielle, why don't we start with you? Mostly been continuing the seasonals. Season's coming to an end soon. Woo, so I'll be able to, you know, give a lot of takes at once. Um, otherwise, I finished uh, Waltakoi, which I thought was a pretty cute uh, adult romance series, even though as I watched it, I realized I just genuinely fucking hate one of the characters. Mostly just because um, all of the other men in the show are just so much uh, more entertaining and are less fucking asshole. They are like really care about their partners and like are interested in their um, interests. Like, the two girls and the two main couples are, like, big Fujoshi, and, like, one of the boys is like, yeah, no, I'll read your yaoi and, like, tell you what I think about it, but the other one's, like, so fucking opposed to the idea and just a fucking asshole about it, and I hate him. I know exactly who you're talking about, and, uh, I, I appreciate him. It's because Kamakura? it's because he's afraid that he's gay. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> Which we love, we love that. We love an insecure, uh, closeted bisexual. God, like, if the two girls were together, that would... You know, thruple and fucking kick Kabakura out. I hate him. I didn't feel the same way, but I, I agree that show's cute. 
it's a fun show. It's nice to watch a romance yeah. show like that between like adults that also isn't like an <laughs> Yeah, and I I really do love the main couple. I just can't stand one of the characters. Also, the OP is a banger. Um, forget the band that does it, yeah. but I love that band. It's the uh, same one that does the first Spy Family. Yeah, like, what's <laughs> what's the name of that band? Um, I have them. I'm gonna open up my music B while you keep talking. Um. And the other thing is, I started Dinosaur on fucking finally. Oh, hell yeah. I know I'm going to be bummed that it's straight compared to uh, Gridman, but I'm still interested to see where it goes, because I just started it. Yeah, that show rules. I, I need to rewatch it now that I've finally seen Gridman when we covered it for the podcast, but I think I stand by what I said when we covered Gridman, which I think Dinosaur is even better. Um, I really liked where that show goes by the end of it. The band, by the way, is uh, Sumika. Good band. They do. They do a lot of uh, anime openings, uh, but their their other stuff is good too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I finally finished the um the currently released volumes of the visual novel National Park Girls. I started out like at the beginning. I was like, yeah, this is cute, a uh, little romance thing. But like, I it really started to come into its own later on and open up a lot more like interesting things for the characters rather than just like a decently cute romance and i'm really excited for the final episode that one's by studio coattails who also did desert blossoms this means nothing to me but i respect you they're moderately big in the oh, they're like recognized in the oel vn scene you might recognize the person who did the music also did one of the tracks in that uh she's big in the doom modding community and did a track for that big doom uh mod that was big like a month ago i assume national park girls it's about park rangers that's my hope one of them's a park rangers the others are embodiments of the park oh that's lame yeah damn i didn't need to hear that that could crush my soul i was (laughs) i was hoping like i thought you were about to say like oh well one of them's a park ranger and the rest are campers and it's a love story between the knowledgeable park ranger and the novice campers but no it's okay (laughs) anyway it's actually a park ranger and then eco terrorists if only enemies to lovers arc (laughs) planets dying cloud (laughs) no the park ranger fucking hates the campers and will what wishes she could kill them for littering that's good People should be killed for littering. I, I approve of that. Uh, Danny, what uh, what have you been uh, digging into? Um, nothing really. Uh, finished Metal Gear Solid Two. That's pretty anime. Um, listen to uh, grind my Metal Gears <laughs> as we finish that game. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna. It's gonna be a absolute hoot. Um, we're gonna have like a fucking six hour recording session next time. I think. Yep. So yeah, no. Other than that, um. That's all. It's one of those things, again, I always say this, just always like, oh, I should watch that. And then, you know, I just put on a mm. game or, yeah. you know, watch a movie or whatever. And then, of course, uh, I'll be getting my Vinegar Syndrome movies here soon anyway. So I'll be like, oh, I should watch uh, an anime. And then I'll just put on Ninja and the Claws of the CIA or something like that. And Hell yeah. But I feel justified in my, my, <laughs> my choices. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where I steal your time to ask, because because you've you've talked about these games before on this podcast. What what did you think of the new trailer for that Yakuza game where what's his face is naked? Oh, uh, love it! Kasuga Ichiban is the perfect character to have that happen to, because he's very much like a happy-go-lucky, like go with the flow guy, and like so him 
being in this wacky situation makes a lot more sense than someone like Cosmic Kiryu. Mm. Like, the entirety of Yakuza 7, or Like a Dragon 7, like, it's turn-based, and, like, you have, like, character classes and stuff, uh, and it's literally explained in-universe as, well, Kasuga has, like, a really active imagination, so he's just imagining himself as a chef beating the shit out of these people or whatever. That's adorable. It's so Love it's so funny. Yeah. Your first character class in that is hero because you imagine you pick up like a baseball bat and you're like, "Ah, this is just like a sword in in um Dragon Quest." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh my god, you fucking loser." Damn, he's just like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so him being like waking up in uh what appears to be Hawaii. Yeah. It just that seems like something he would do or have happened to him. Uh and then that coupled with the release of uh Like a Dragon, the man who sold his name, lost his name. Oh, is that a different game? Yeah, so that is going to be the link between Yakuza 7 and Yakuza 8 for Kiryu. Oh, okay. Oh right, cuz he's got his, he's got like a new look. He looks fucking He has a new look. There's a whole thing. Spoilers for the Yakuza series, I guess. In Yakuza 6, he basically, like, goes into, like, witness protection equivalent or, like, completely changes his name and everything because Just like Paul Kersey in Death Wish Basically, like Paul Kersey. And so in 7, spoilers for 7, he shows up and, you know, doesn't give his name and, like, isn't tell Like, he's just, you just, he kind of just, like, shows up. And if you haven't played any of the other Yakuza games, you'd be like, who's this guy? Um, except you're, if you're playing the Yakuza games, you probably know who Kiryu is. But, so I think after 7, he basically is like, hey, I came back to do this, but, like, I put myself at risk for doing so, so I'm going to leave now. Uh, so I wonder if between seven and eight, it's going to be like, oh, you know, he has to change his identity again and look like a K-pop star and, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, we'll see. I'm really excited. I think that is going to basically be a lead in to Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is the new name for uh, Like a Dragon mm-hmm. 8. Nice. At least in the US, apparently in America or in Japan, it's just Like a Dragon 8 and then or it's Like a Dragon 8 Infinite Wealth or something like that. And then in the US, it's just Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are some reasons given, I can't remember off the top of my head, but basically about how, cause I think one of the things the y- Yakuza series, especially seven deals with is like class inequality and like how the rich can like shape the nation or whatever. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's discussion on like businesses and the wealthy be having infinite wealth and like how, like, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Kasuga waking up on the the shore naked is like a demonstration that some rich guy is like, I can do anything. I have infinite uh, wealth. Sure. Just like Eden of the East, uh, oh where God. it's like, oh, if you have enough money, you can do anything you want. <laughs> Mr. Outosido. Mr. Outosido gave me the money to make a tire on the highway just come off by itself. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Fuck that show. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that. I don't remember. I think it comes out in 2014 or 20. Mm. 2024. Wow, oh my god. It's already yeah, oh out. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Wow. <laughs> nice. I have not watched Jack shit because I was out of town for a week, which means I'll talk about what I was out of town for a week doing. I saw King Gizzard in the Lizard Wizard three times in Red Rocks. It was dope. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> People should check out that band. They just released a new album. It is called, uh, I think I have it memorized now, uh, Petrodragonic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night an annihilation of planet earth and the beginning of merciless destruction 
it rules. It's so good. Um, I would say if you're a big fan of like progressive metal, uh, Tool specifically, uh, and also just shit that melts your face off, uh, you you will like <laughs> their new album. Uh, but I'm just riding high off of that. Um, seeing them three times and then them dropping a new album. Um, don't don't have time for anime. Is Gila Monster on that, or is Gila Monster? It is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gila Monster, which goes into Dragon, which they have a music video out for, which I also highly recommend people watch because it's fucking wild. It's extremely good. Uh, they had a lot of fun with that one, clearly. Um, but yeah, fucking love that band. Seeing them was great. I want to see them again already. Um, they roll. So shout out to them. Also, shout out to them for being like extremely vocal about like trans rights and stuff. They um, were selling charity pins at uh all their shows on this tour that uh give money to the like transgender law uh fund in tennessee which is awesome uh and then they just recently sold uh, charity t-shirts on their website that goes to i think like a national um charity uh that have little like trans flag uh king gizzard gators uh embroidered on it so you know your boy had to get one of those um so shout out to them for making cool music and also just being like cool people. Love that about them. Yeah, it, I know they're not like not a metal band. They're like way more of a jam band, but it's really cool seeing metal bands like uh, openly be like, yeah, fuck bigotry, get the fuck out, don't listen to our music, fuck yeah. you. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's it's super cool. I feel like I I would not be as bought in on that band if they weren't so um, uh, forward and vocal about those kinds of issues. Like they, they genuinely want everybody to feel safe listening to their music and going to their shows and having a good time so uh love love the boys from the outback uh they're australian if you don't know (laughs) um but yeah no no time for anime i'm behind on the three shows i'm trying to keep up i guess like two anime and one togusatsu but um but being on vacation didn't help that. Yeah, they finally got to the fourth Precure in the Precure series. Let's yeah, go. And I, I still haven't seen it. So I'll, uh, one of these days I'll, I'll just like sit down and watch all the episodes I'm behind on on that show, and then I'll talk about it on here. But no anime for me. Just been playing Breath of the Wild and reading in my spare time. Nothing exciting. Not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, anyway. But so next time we're watching episodes 6 through 10 of uh, Bakemonogatari, uh, I guess now that I'm looking at it, that is two more arcs. That is uh, Saruga Monkey, parts one through three, and Nautico Snake, part one and two. Um, That's where we get Renai Circulation. That song oh, definitely hey. That's oh, cool. Okay. I knew that was from uh, Monogatari. I didn't know if that'd be in the season or not. That's exciting. Looking forward to that. Um, anyway, I guess that'll, that'll be it for us. Uh, I've been your host, Austin. You can find me on Twitter at chai underscore squared. You can find me and Danny's, uh, sister podcast, grind my metal gears, uh, at grind my MGS on Twitter and wherever you find podcasts. Like we said, we're finishing up metal gear solid two, which is a great fucking video game. So, uh, highly recommend those episodes and also our episodes on metal gear solid one, uh, Danny, where can people find you? You can find me at cover me and sauce on Twitter. And Danielle, where can people find you? I am at Lesbunny on Twitter and also Tumblr. I've been starting to use that, even though I don't fucking understand how the site works. Yeah, that's why I've, I never got into it. I never understood. <laughs> uh, one of these days, I'll stop using Twitter and just use co-host. But until then. It, yeah, once all the 
artist navigate to a new site. Yeah, exactly. My ass does not browse raw pixels. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for us for this time. Uh, until next time, Danielle, take us out of here. B crimes do gay, and maybe we don't need like a super direct adaptation of light novels like this. Yeah.